everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Just Jay Board Podcast. My name's Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing, man? Steve, not great. Not great. That was a pretty poor showing last night. Yes, that was uh, that was not fun. Um, for the, the eagle hater and me, it was also not fun when we were like halfway through the game and, and Jalen Hurts said whatever, 100 yards in a pick or something like that. Yeah. I was sitting here like, man, I just need 10 points for my quarterback. This shouldn't be a big deal, but apparently it is. Yeah. Luckily, it seems like trash points and, and garbage points are going to be a thing with this team because Jalen Hurts did come up with a pretty decent game actually by the end. Yeah, I think uh, in our format he had like twenty five or something like that. Twenty five. Yeah. So, uh, which yeah, which is decent fine. for a blowout loss, you know, for a quarterback. Yeah, which is fine, but also like that's a game you gotta you gotta throw away. It's very weird, you know, the, the rushing yard thing. Uh, with yeah, thirty standards. rushing yards. Yeah, just the and yeah, they didn't run the ball at all, really. No, that's that's very odd. So I'm okay throwing this game yeah. out if you want. But yeah, it's a tough one. That is a yeah. tough one. Yeah, I think, you know, here in Philly, people got pretty excited after we, uh, you know, had a pretty good first week. But going into the season, you know, kind of the consensus, you know, for most of the beat writers and kind of I'm in line is, you know, a six, seven, eight win team maybe here, you know, slightly under 500 to, you know, middling under 500. So I think it's more of a regression to the mean for a team that, you know, is working on developing some young players, has some good young picks and or some draft picks and then he has a lot of money coming off the books this year. So I think it's gonna be maybe, you know, more garbage fantasy points than than what we saw in uh, week one, but I think it's it, it'll be interesting to see how the how the team does the rest of the year. Some tough matchups coming along. Yeah, and that makes it, you know, even if they do hit you know, where everyone expected them to because they started, you know, week one was very good and week two was a loss, but, you know, still you didn't give up too much of San Francisco. Um, so there was kind of a positive news story there. So you kind of get hyped after yeah. the first two weeks and, and no matter what, you know, it's going to hurt even more because your expectations were lifted in those first two weeks, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's uh might be a long season. <laughs> Yeah, definitely could be. But I think uh, we're now pivoting fully away from week three, and we're looking ahead here to week four. Yes, sir. So we got some start-sit questions to go over, and then some uh, a few trade questions as well. So we'll start with the uh, the quarterback position, as always. Uh, an interesting one, um, given recent performances. But would you rather start Derek Carr uh, at the LA Chargers or Tannehill at the Jets? Yeah, this one is interesting. Um, at first glance, you know, Tannehill kind of in a, a tier above car coming into the year. But then when you take a look at what's going on so far, three weeks, you know, it does tend to typically mean a trend. And Derek Carr has been on fire through three weeks. I think in our scoring format, he's got over 30 points in a, a game and six point touchdown. And Tannehill has been, you know, I think up and down. I know he had at least one really bad week. I don't recall any majorly great weeks. So I think you could go either way. I think if you need upside, I probably lean Carr just because I think that they're going to have to throw the ball more. Whereas Tannehill, I think 
could have a solid baseline just because it's going against a really bad Jets defense. But this could be a, you know, 200 yard Derrick Henry game where they just run all over the Jets and the Jets aren't able to keep up. So the Titans don't really have to throw the ball. But I think you're you're okay as kind of like a back end QP one for either of these guys. But if you're in a matchup where you need to chase some points, I think Derek Carr is the play. Yeah, they're they're pretty similar to me. Um, I, I do think they have similar upside. I because you know you got the car narrative that you just laid out, but you know on the flip side with the Tannehill, you know it could be a big Henry game, but the touchdowns just go Tannehill's way. You know we've seen those mm-hmm. five touchdown games from before with that high yeah. AJ Brown's gone. Um, so that's definitely going to hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and Julio, I think, is listed as questionable. Um, I don't know if that well, he's permanently questionable. You know, indicated a specific <laughs> injury, yeah, but questionable for him. So yeah, you really just have you know him as their main option in the passing offense or passing game. Yeah, and that makes it tough. Um, mm-hmm. But they're wishing they had Jadu right now. But oh um, yeah, majorly wishing. I, I think if I had to pull the trigger, I think I'd still go with Tannehill. And part of that's just me looking at the Jets. Like, yeah, I want the quarterback playing yeah. the Jets. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, both are perfectly fine. I have no issue going with the car. But my, me myself, I think I'm going to go with Tannehill. All right. Uh, next up, we have a little more high end quarterback option. We have Josh Allen at Houston. Tom Brady at New England. Yeah, this one's it's fun to think about, and you have like the revenge game narrative and all that stuff. But I cannot bench Josh Allen against Houston. You know, yeah. the team and off or defense are just trash. Where you know Brady, yeah, he's got the revenge game narrative, but you know New England's also got a good defense. No one knows Brady better than Belichick. Like I don't know, it just it might be a fine game. You know, it might be a high scoring game, but you know Allen. You know, unless Zach Moss steals all the touchdowns or, you know, they get out to such a high lead that they just start benching all their starters. I can't see a world where he doesn't have a really good game. So I will go with Josh Allen pretty easily here. Yeah, I'm in line with you here. I mean, I think Brady's a good start, but definitely a slightly tougher matchup on the road. For Josh Allen, you know, he's got a great matchup against bad Houston defense, and they're not a team that runs the ball much so i don't have as much of a worry that they're going to blow out Tannehill. Or, you know t- the Tannehill worry where they're going to blow it out and it's going to be all derrick henry yeah, there's a probably going to be more rushing than the team usually does but i imagine this team's going to throw the ball like they normally do so i'll go allen here i've got a bonus question for you steve that applies here that plays into me i know, I know, you, I know i've told you in my one dynasty league it's one qb but i'm currently sitting on josh allen and pat mahomes the way the QB, uh, you know, form their QB valuation has been, they like go for a lot. So it's tough to trade one and, and get what the market value is. So right now, you know, probably going to try to trade one this off this year. But would you start Pat Mahomes and Philly or Josh Allen versus Houston? Uh, mm, per, wow. I might, I think I'd start Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, the Philly defenses look good. You know, we just said at times, not last week, um, but at other times they've looked good. Uh, so I think I'd go with Allen. Yeah, I'm in that boat where the only place I have Josh Allen is this league, and I haven't played him at all this year so far. A lot of, Throughout last year, I didn't play him much. 
So it's really weird having Josh Allen and not playing him in really any position with uh, with Mahomes there. But this is a, a week where I think I got to play Josh Allen uh, against Houston. Yeah, agreed. Let us know uh, what you do and, and how that works out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our, our final quarterback question here. Um, Back down to kind of the bottom of the barrel here. You got Daniel Jones at New Orleans or Heineke at Atlanta. Yeah, I am going to go Heineke here. I know we've talked about him on the waiver show. Really good matchup in Atlanta. I think, you know, we'll see if Matt Ryan can get much going against their defense, but the Washington D hasn't looked like we expected them to look. And New Orleans defense is pretty good. Uh, we'll see. There's a lot of weapons that are injured in New York for Daniel Jones. So, I mean, he could rely on his rushing upside, which sounds weird to say, but he has had it throughout his career here. But I'm going to go with Heineke. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you for all the same reasons. I won't rehash the same conversations. But, uh, yeah, it's Heineke pretty easily for me. All right. So we're flipping over to the running back position. We've got a full PPR. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Elijah Mitchell versus Seattle and Daryl Henderson versus the Cardinals. This one would be injury or interesting if, if everyone is healthy, but I, I don't trust Mitchell or Henderson enough to start them right now. Um, <clears throat> really over anyone. So it's going to be CEH with ease. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on CEH. I think Mitchell does have a great matchup against Seattle who has been torched by the run. Um, so like if you know he's a full go and nobody else is there is like and nobody else is playing. I mean, and Sermon will probably be there, but nobody else comes back, Hasty or any of the guys they've signed. Uh I could see why maybe you want to take a shot with him, but there's just too much upside with Clyde and you know what his role is in the offense and he does have good potential with that offense. You know, I mean he could fall in the end zone two or three times just because of that how they likely will move the ball. So I think you don't want to get too cute here. I would stay with Clyde. Okay, our next one's a half-point PPR. We have Miles Gaskin versus the Colts. Um, Patterson versus Washington or Sermon versus the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm not ready to play Sermon, especially with Mitchell possibly coming back. But even, you know, with Sermon by himself pretty much last week, they were using use check. So I'm a little worried about him. Uh, you know, Dynasty, you're, you're still hanging on to him and, and seeing what happens in the long run. But... I do not want to play him unless I see that he is, you know, running. And you want to see it for a couple weeks, I think, with him before I can play him. So it comes down to Patterson and Gaskin. Um, I know Patterson has just continuously proven everyone wrong that he is a viable part of the offense. I know I was listening to the fantasy footballers, and they were talking about how, you know, you're looking at Patterson. It's like, ah, do I really want number two running back? But a lot of people are looking at it as, he took a few touches away from Mike Davis. He took some touches away from Russell Gage, who's not doing what we expected. And he probably got some targets away from the uh, you know, all, All-American all tight end in, um, in Kyle Pitts. So I think he, he kind of, you take all of those targets and touches that he's getting from other players, he put himself into a very good spot. So I think I lean Patterson here. I know... Yeah, the Colts have not been good, uh, but I just don't know about how good that Miami offense is going to move the ball either. And I think we saw Malcolm Brown get in the end zone last week. I think Patterson's going to have a, a higher floor with just the targets that he's going to get as well. 
Um, Gaskin could come out and get all the carries, but I'm I'm a little worried there. So I would uh, I would go with Patterson. Yeah, I'm with you. Sermon's not a consideration. Uh, I would go with Patterson as well. I'd be more firm in that decision if it was a full PPR and a half point PPR mm-hmm. it hurts him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I'd go with him. They just use him all over the place in. It's hard to pass it. You're going to need Gaskin to score. I mean, he, he hasn't gotten enough touches so far to warrant just volume play. Yeah, and for all the Colts' problems, you know their their run defense isn't like the best, but I think it's like 12th or 13th in the league. Yeah, 14th, still so it's pretty like, good front seven. Yeah, it's upper end of middle, so that's something. So yeah, I, I would go with Patterson here as well. All right, uh, so it wraps up our running backs. We've got one receiver here, and then we're looking at some flex positions that we'll have more of. So for receiver, we're looking at Corey Davis or Brandon Ayuk in a full point PPR. I think I'm kind of worried, and then, you know, sometimes I can be kind of pretty conservative with you know projecting the breakouts. I know a lot of people are like ready to throw <laughs> Ayuk in their into the their lineups. I do think I go with Ayuk here, but it's it's not so much about him and you know projecting that okay he's back and he is the guy, um, but it's more of like I just don't trust Corey Davis. You know, with all the volume, you know, last week he had a very mediocre week, um, despite all of the volume that he got. Uh, <clears throat> the week before was the week against the Patriots and did nothing. Um, I think he had two catches for like 10 yards or something. So, you know, despite getting the volume, he's very hard to trust. So I'd, I think I would go with Ayuk. I don't hate, um, Davis because he's, he's a good volume play. Um, maybe kind of revenge game narrative there if, you know, he can get the ball, but, um, yeah, I think I'll go with Ayuk here. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go the other side. I'm going with the volume, you know, yeah, seven, five, Caught five of seven for 97 and two touchdowns. You're probably not going to get that two touchdown game again, but I don't think you're going to get a two catch for eight yard game either. Going to be somewhere in the middle. And, you know, catching five of 10 for 40 yards seems like it's probably on the lower side. It's got two great matchups coming up Tennessee and then at Atlanta before the bye week. So I think, you know, I think you're going to get two pretty good games. If you don't, I think you can pretty. You know, firmly move on if he can't do it against these two teams and the bye week coming up, New England coming out of the bye. So these are the two weeks you're going to be able to use him. And, and, you know, from there, it might be a little more difficult. So I'm going to fire up Corey Davis here and just bank on the volume against two pretty bad passing defenses. Okay, cool. And uh, like you said, we're going to move it to the the flex realm here. Even got a defense question in here. But uh, Will, in a full PPR, Debo versus Seahawks or Chris Carson at San Fran? Full PPR definitely gives you know the wide receiver a little bit more of a boost, but I am not ready to sit Chris Carson just yet, man. He has been looking very good this year. I think he is kind of that borderline wide receiver one, a great wide receiver, I'm sorry, uh, Running back one, great uh, running back two. So if you have him in your flex, you are golden. I am I'm firing up Chris Carson here. Both solid options. I think most teams are probably thrilled to start both of them. But if you're looking at the two, I'm going to stay with Chris Carson, even against tough San Fran defense. Yeah, I am the same. Um, I'll go with Carson. You know, 
we, we just talked about Ayuk, you know, if the, the breakout, I don't know if you want to call it a breakout, but if the return to form is true, then that's going to hurt Debo <clears throat> to some degree. So uh, I'll wait a week for that to play out. I will go with Carson here um, for probably even if I needed upside. I mean, Debo's probably got a lot of upside to him. Yeah, and the Seattle defense hasn't been great, but they've been getting torched by, I think, the run a little more than the pass. So we'll see. It, it should be, you know, hopefully a pretty good game. You know, that seems like it's the best division in football right now. Uh, a lot of quality teams and players and fantasy there in the NFC West. Yeah, it's an important game. Mm-hmm. So next up, PPR, we're choosing one out of four options here. Devin Singletary. Uh, Brandon Cooks of Devin Singletary versus the Texans. Brandon Cooks on the other side of that at Buffalo. Javante Williams at Baltimore. Michael Pittman at Miami. I think it's pretty easily Brandon Cooks for me. Um, I'm I'm not considering Singletary. Um, you know, the, I mean, it could be a good week for them. <laughs> There's bound to be a lot of garbage time, so maybe yeah. you know that works out, and they uh, they end up just running a lot. But I'm really not that interested in Singletary. Um, Javante Williams interesting, still in the fifty fifty split. Um, Pittman also interesting, but I, I don't know that whole Colt situation is kind of scary. Where Cooks <clears throat> has looked good, um, he will have a positive game script for the entire game. Um, so I don't think I could pass that off. He's probably not going to score. Uh, maybe though. Um, but he'll, he'll get, I'd imagine tons of catches and tons of yards. So I am not going to pass up cooks here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cooks and Williams for me. I, I like Pittman, but I just, that, that I need to see that offense do something, get a little more consistent here. And I'm not ready to start one of those running backs in Buffalo over the volume that you're going to get with cooks target share just through the roof and the way that Denver's been running the ball, they've got two guys that are running ball really well. So I think you could definitely start Toronto Williams and Melvin Gordon, but Baltimore is going to be a little bit tougher of a defense. Uh, you know, Buffalo's a good defense that cooks us to go against as well, but the volume's going to be there and the game script is going to be in their favor as well with Buffalo likely up big. So I'll give cooks a slight lean here, but I don't mind him or Toronto Williams. Okay. Uh, next one, we got our defense question. Um, actually, a, a little bit of a, a rehash from the waiver wire uh, conversation yesterday. But we have the Bengals versus the Jaguars, the Bears versus the Lions, the Titans at the Jets, and the Saints at the Giants. There, who are you wanting to start? Yeah, this one's interesting. You have two defenses and the Titans and the Bengals that are not defenses you're thinking about starting usually, but two really good matchups against the Jets and Jaguars, respectively. Uh, I still am not ready to look at that Titans defense. They just haven't played well. I know that Steelers are banged up, but the Bengals did look a little bit better. So I'd be a little more open to them. But I would rather go with... A good good matchup, maybe not as good as Jacksonville or New, New the Jets, but it's still a very good matchup. But a defense that has talent, where we're looking at the Bears and the Saints. So I would lean one of those two. Probably lean the Saints because of the injuries that we're seeing with New York. And, you know, the Lions have proved that even if they're getting crushed, they're going to be able to put up some yards and some points at the end of the game a couple weeks in a row now. Um, and the Bears haven't proven that they're going to be able to score much. They don't even know who their quarterback is, apparently. All three of them are on the table right now. So 
That one's a little scarier. I'll uh, I'll take the Saints here. Yeah, it's tough. I I think the Saints are in for a really good week. I still look at the Bears and the Lions match up and think, you know, because of all the quarterback stuff, are they really going to clamp down on defense and just try to make it a grinded out kind of a game? <clears throat> um, so I think I lean on that on the Bears side, but the the Saints are right there. It's super close for me for all the reasons you said. All right. Next up, flex option. We've got full point PPR. We're looking at pick just one here. Marvin Jones at Cincinnati. Brandon Ayuk at, I'm sorry, versus Seattle. Mike Davis versus Washington. And Jamal Williams at Chicago. Yeah, so this is a uh, this is a pretty interesting one. I mean, I'm not... So I'm going to throw out Mike Davis. Um, you know, that is... It's Patterson or Bust for me um, at this point with them. Marvin Jones is interesting, but I think he's probably third on the list for me. I mean, he's been solid for fantasy all year, um, but I don't know. There's just something that just worries me about picking a wide receiver on the Jaguars, really. Um, So then it comes down to Ayuk and Jamal Williams, and it's just an upside versus a floor play. If you need an upside, it's Ayuk. You know, you're hoping for that breakout. Um, and if you need a solid floor play, I think I would go with Jamal Williams. Uh, you know, he's been a, a big part of the game plan every week. Um, so I think I would lean with him. You know, if you want to go, you know, if you need a, a safe play and you want to go with, uh, Marvin over, say, Jamal, I would be okay with that. Like, I'm not going to sit there and argue with you about it. Um, my preference leads with Jamal. Um, but they're pretty close if you need a floor play. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, um, in line with some, slightly different with others. I think Mike Davis, I'm, I'm not ready to play with any of the other three that are here. And I still want to see it a little more for my Uke. I know he looked better this week. He was involved a little bit, but I still didn't see the targets that you're hoping for. And he has you know, some really big-time guys that he's competing with. So I'm debating between Marvin Jones and Jamal Williams. I like Jamal. Tougher matchup if it ends up being that kind of grinded-out game against a tougher defense in Chicago. I lean Marvin Jones here. And Marvin against Cincy, I mean, he's had... Nine targets, eleven targets, eight targets, and he's coming in. You know, bringing in more than half of them each game. Scored twice already. You know, and and we're looking at what full PPR points. He's nineteen, eighteen, and twelve so far. So I'm going to stay with Marvin Jones. He's clearly the top option there for Jacksonville, and they're going to have to throw the ball pretty often. I'm sure going up here against another pretty good offense in Cincinnati that has a great matchup. It is a Thursday game, so you're going to know what you get out of that team, you know, pretty early. Uh, and I know we're usually a little iffy on those Thursday matchups, but I would play Marvin Jones. I think he's, you know, your Brandon Cooks of last week. That if it's a ugly matchup, you're going to have him or him and DJ Morris. Like there's two guys that actually come out and do something. I think he may be one of two or three guys you're happy you started on a Thursday game. Okay, and our last question here, Will, a half-point PPR. Uh, would you have to start Gronk at New England, James Conner at the LA Rams, Waddle versus the Colts, Gainwell versus the Chiefs, or Darnell Mooney versus the Lions? 
So I don't think that you can play Mooney or Gainwell right now. The quarterback situation is so up in the air with Mooney. Can't play him just yet. I'm not ready to cut him, but if you really need to, I think he could be on the chop block. Gainwell, we've just seen so many different versions and game scripts with the Eagles offense. If they're playing well and they're in a game where they can score, he's going to be used. He you know, seems like he's the favorite passing down back of the team. So I'm not ready to cut him yet, but I, while it's a good matchup against the Chiefs because you may have to score game script-wise, I'm not ready to play him either. I am not sure about Waddle, but with Tua out and the the for, the game uh, game plan seemingly focusing more on the tight ends um, with Gesicki looking great, not ready to play him either. So it brings me down to Connor and Gronk, and if Gronk's healthy, I think Gronk is the play. Uh, um, you're going to get decent volume, um, and then you're still hoping for a touchdown, but it's not as much of like a tight end. You're you know going to get four catches for 40 yards, and then you're hoping for the touchdown. Gronk's someone that's going to get more volume than that, so I think you can play him. It's never ideal to flex a tight end, but I, I mean... Him or Connor, I, I probably lean Gronk. I mean, you're you're hoping one of them falls in the end zone, and, and the Rams' defense is a lot better than uh, than we saw Arizona playing last week. Yeah, I'm, what about you? I'm with you. I'm with you. I got a a little bit of a flip in the order. Um, so totally agree. You know, the the narrative is there for Mooney and Gainwell given their matchups, but you can't trust either of them. Um, between the two, I'd probably go with Gainwell, but I don't trust either, and I'm not starting either. Um, Connor's probably the next one off for me. He's so touchdown dependent, and I just don't trust him. You know, he and he had a good week three, but his week one and two, if if memory serves, weren't all that great because he didn't get in the end zone. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna pass on him. Waddle's interesting because he got a fair amount of uh, a fair amount of volume with Brissett in there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking at that now. I didn't realize he had that much volume. That is. Yeah, I believe maybe changes the narrative a bit. So he did look really thir- twelve of thirteen. God. Yeah, yeah, him and Gasicki were, were really the benefactors there. So I, I do yeah. find that interesting. Um, he would still be second, though, just because I mean he's a rookie wide receiver, he's backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's one week. Like I don't know how much you trust that. Um, yeah. So that leads me to Gronk as well. I mean, if there's one, you know, to everything you said, if there's one guy that's going to care about a revenge game, I feel like it's going to be Gronk. <laughs> He'll just oh, yeah. go out there and, and smash just to, just to smash. So uh, yeah, I will the go only with issue with Gronk is he is the um, the Sunday night game. So hopefully we have more clarity on his health. Yeah, you got to be careful for this one o'clock. Yeah, you definitely got to be careful there, and, and that's personal yeah. preference. Some people are okay rolling the dice and waiting. You know, you yeah. can find somebody on the Monday night game. Um, yeah, what the Chargers and the Raiders. So you're hoping that you maybe can get a a guy. That could get decent volume there, but tough either way. Yeah, you'd be looking. I mean, Jared Cook is probably out there as a backup option. Brian Edwards might be. Renfro, yeah. solid PPR guy, yeah. typically. So there's some backup options out there. But yeah, I mean, that's going to be personal preference. You want to roll the dice or not if we if we don't have good clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with that said, Will, we're going to go ahead and move on to the trade questions here. Um, per the usual, we'll start with two Dynasty ones. Superflex, tight end premium. Uh, basically, is it time to sell Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry or two 2023 first-round picks? 
Yeah, I think that's the makeup of your team. If you are like a top two or three team, you're a bona fide contender, I'm more than okay to ride Henry out this year. But if you're a middle-of-the-pack team and you are or or worse, I, I love the 2023 class. The 2023 class you know, should be okay, but the 23 class as of right now is lining up really nicely. Um, so we probably don't know where those picks are going to fall. Yeah, I'd like to maybe get a, you know, okay running back in return as well or something more, but two twenty twenty three first is a very good, you know, start to a package or kind of bulk of a package for Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm with you. If I'm a contender, I'd definitely stick with Henry. Um, if I was a rebuild, I think I'm still sticking with Henry just because I don't want to first. I'd rather have a young wide receiver. Um, a young running back plus a first, something like that. And if I'm taking two firsts, I don't want them to be like the, the draft class is looking to be good for 2023, but I don't want to wait for my payoff for Derrick Henry for two years. And then it's not like the payoffs likely going to be immediate. Like you're going to have to wait two years to draft them and then another year, another two to find out, you know, if those players are any good or not, depending on where the picks are. So you know, you're you're selling a piece of rebuild and you're really not going to have your answers for somewhere between two and four years. I don't want to do that. So I'll take Henry in all situations. The first are tempting in a rebuild, but I would need to work on that deal a little bit. All right. Next, we have another dynasty 12 team PPR, DK Metcalf, a four, DK Metcalf on one side for a top four pick in 2022. Um, a currently unknown 2022 first round pick and Terrace Marshall. So two firsts, one likely early and Terrace Marshall for DK Metcalf. Yeah, I guess, you know, the first question is, can you guarantee that that's a top four? Um, yeah. You know, for the sake of the question, I guess we, we say we will. Um, if that's the case, I will take that package. Uh, a top four pick is awesome. Um, you know, another first you know, could be early. It could be late, but you, you know, two first is great trade ammo. So if you want to do that, you have great trade ammo. Um, and then Terrence Marshall, you know, I think he is, uh, he's looking good there. The Car- Carolina def- or offense, geez, is looking really good. Um, <clears throat> Robbie Anderson, you know, he hasn't been getting used much. He could be shipping out here at some point, who knows? Um, and that's going to allow him to step up. Darnold's looking good. So you might have your quarterback of the future figured out. Um, so yeah, I kind of like that side. Um, it, it would be a shame to lose out on Metcalf because you have a proven young wide receiver with a, uh, a good quarterback there, but that's a hefty package for me to turn down. Yeah. And, and you can always flip picks around for more, but I think I'd need to be like pretty solidly at the bottom and, and a, uh, you know, a, a rebuilding team. I just think DK, you know what you have probably top five you could argue the top receiver you know in dynasty going forward you know still with russell there you know he's proven that he's probably a top 10 receiver redraft and you know you're you know what you have in him so i probably all things being equal keep metcalf here um it would be nice maybe to get you know picking each of the next two drafts instead and then maybe a slightly better or more proven player but in yeah, all things being equal, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to DK here. Okay, now we enter the world of redraft. Here we got a half point PPR. Uh, Andre Swift and Mike Evans, or CD Lamb and Keenan Allen. Oof, that's tough. I mean, 
it's tough to pass on the running back. Um, I think I like Lamb and Allen better than Evans. So I think it really depends on your team makeup. If you can afford to trade Swift and you have the RB depth, which is really tough because not too many people really have that RB depth, I would be okay picking up Allen and Lamb. I think it's a solid pairing. You know, Keenan has been very consistent. Lamb, you know, obviously didn't have a great week three, but I think he's going to have huge boom games and he'll have a solid floor. So that is a really good package back, especially with the injury concern of Swift and the inconsistency of Evans. Um, it just depends on what your running backs look like after trading Swift away. Yeah, that's for, that's me 100%. I mean, your your average person, I don't think, has the depth to pull this off because I'm not giving up Swift without getting someone back. No. I mean, maybe you drafted three guys and you don't have much of a receiver, and then you, you know, were lucky and picked up, you know, Wash Mitchell and Patterson, and you've got like five running backs. So, like, if you're in a good spot where you've got five guys that you feel comfortable starting, I'm okay with this trade. But yeah, there's not, not going to be too many people that are in a position to be able to trade Swift without getting a back back. Yep, totally agree. All right. And next up, we have a redraft PPR Amari Cooper. Or AJ Brown, heads up. Yeah, it's an interesting one, heads up. But I don't, you know, I normally I'd want AJ Brown, but with the hamstring injury, that's week to week. You know, that's not something that's going to go away quickly, and, and hamstrings can linger throughout the entire season. Uh, I really just don't want to play any games with that. So I'll take Cooper. Yeah, it's tough because Cooper also has his own injury with the ribs, and obviously, you know, it was a weird game yesterday, but he didn't get too much. You know, from a from production standpoint, he had some targets, but I'll take Amari and in, in a more high powered offense as well. And maybe if you are like a three and O team and you want to gamble on, you know, potentially getting a crazy upside, you don't need to play AJ Brown the next couple of weeks. I can see why you want to try to take that risk, but in a vacuum I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Amari and, and just the volume of that offense. Yep, that is fair. And our last question here, Redraft PPR, Mike Davis and Chase Claypool or James Robinson? This is a tough one. I want to stay James Robinson, but is is like is is the difference between Davis and Robinson Chase Claypool, who I know they all got hurt, but I think he was the one that was the least seriously hurt. So he could be like the main guy in Pittsburgh outside of Najee, who is apparently the number one receiver on the team right now. I, I think I lean James Robinson, but that is a decent price to pay. Yeah, it's pretty fair. I mean, there's so many questions here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not any questions with Mike Davis. He is not the guy you wanted when you drafted him. But, no. Yeah, I mean, you got Claypool, the injury, how serious is going to be. You know, what about the other ones? Big Ben kind of sucks. Um, you, you know, Najee taking stuff away. Friar Muth has looked pretty good. So... Yeah, he's kind of interesting. James Robinson, is he returning? To, if he's returning to form like last year, then mm-hmm. you have won by a, a mile by getting him, I would think. that Yeah, that's what you're banking on with this trade, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's it's one week. So are you rolling the, mm-hmm. you know, you're rolling the dice on one week? It's, you know, if you want to roll the dice, I would. Um, you know, that's my style a little bit. So I will take James Robinson, but it's an interesting question. Um, and it's... I don't want to say it's make or break for your season. Uh, 
you know, because if you if you get James Robinson, he's the guy. You know, you just made your season. If you gave him up and he's the guy, you just probably blew your season. You know, there's a world where they just kind of cancel each other out, and Robinson and Claypool are both fine. But it seems like a, a make or break, but a potential make or break kind of trade. That about wraps us up here today. I uh, appreciate everyone for get, taking a listen here and give us a follow over on Twitter at Trust Your Board. Yeah, tune in next week. Uh, again, got waiver show going up on Tuesday. Another start sit going up on Thursday. But until then, folks, trust your board.